welcome everyone to Films with the Women of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. What's up, y'all? What's up, indeed? <laughs> and uh, tonight we are reviewing the Netflix movie Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, this is the Ted Bundy movie. Uh, the narrative one, not the documentary series, uh, starring uh, Zac Efron as the well, the main character, Ted Bundy. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have a bunch of other people who show up in and out of this. Lily Collins is like the wife at the beginning. Uh, Kaya Shodelario, I hope I'm saying that right, is another woman who comes in a little bit later. And then you've got like famous cameos from John Malkovich, Joan Baker, Jim Parsons, Haley Joel Osment, so it's a it's a cameo strewn biopic. Uh, so Jess, you picked this movie. Uh, any reason in particular for this one? Um, no, I think it was just a Friday night. I turned on Netflix, and it was the first thing that came up and said you should watch this. And I was like, oh, Zach Efron is Ted Monday. I should watch this. I think it was actually the <laughs> first night it came out. It was like on Friday. So yeah, I watched it, and I uh, text all you guys saying, let's do this one next. And uh, we were going to have originally, I think at one point we were going to have all four of us on one show, and then we were like, that's going to be crazy sounding. And then scheduling came up, and now it's just Jess and I. Uh, but that's fine. Um, this, so this is like uh, Joe, by Joe Berlinger, um, is the director, and he actually mostly does documentaries. He's done one other, uh, he's done a couple narrative films, but he's probably most well known for the Paradise Lost uh, films which are this really long, extensive trilogy um, about the uh, the West Memphis Three, the kids who were like Satanists and convicted of a murder that they may or may not have committed uh, of a little kid. Have you ever heard of that story or that uh, documentary series? I don't think so. It's uh, it was in the night. The first one was in '96. The second one was in 2000. The third one was in 2011. Um, but yeah, they, him and, uh, another director, Bruce Sinofsky directed those. Uh, but he's also directed like, uh, Whitey, uh, United States of America versus James J. Bolger. Oh, here's one of his narratives, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Um, so I think he's fairly infatuated with the true crime drama segment of filmmaking and whether it be documentaries or actual narrative films like this one, that's his niche. So they got the right guy to do this. Um, so before we get into ratings and everything else like that, I'll give a quick plot synopsis. Uh, a courtroom frenzy ensues and sweeps 1970s America when a young single mother reluctantly tips the attention of a widespread manhunt toward her longtime boyfriend, Ted Bundy. Um, Jess, have you, did, do you know the story of Ted Bundy before we get into writings and stuff? No, so I only, I didn't know, um, I never watched the documentary files or anything. All I really know is he was a serial killer that was pretty famous um, about, what was it, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? It was uh, like 70s, um, so almost 40, Jeez, 40, 40 years, years ago. ago now. Yeah, we're, we're starting to get up there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> nah. yeah, he, uh, he was notorious for being like, I look at pictures of him. I guess that's why they cast that guy from. He's supposed to be like this good-looking, charismatic guy, like this charmer, um, which, I mean, if I look at tapes of him from the past, I don't quite get that. Maybe it was different yeah, back then. Yeah, I, I did the same person. thing, too. Yeah, I was like, let me see what he actually looks like. And I was like, oh, he looks a little bit like, n- not like Zac Efron. <laughs> they did no a, one's charming. 
they did the best they could to make him to make Zac Efron look kind of like him, and I think if you you know if you kind of look at it sideways, you can kind of see the resemblance. But when I, yeah, when I, there's definitely something lost in translation between Zac Efron and the real Ted Bundy. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's close enough. Maybe we'll we'll talk about that um, in our review. And if you if you haven't seen this, stream on Netflix now. Check it out. Um, we're about to spoil it. Uh, and we rate things here at Phones with the Woman in My Life on four criteria. Those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. And I will just start off here talking about the plot a little bit, and then uh, I'll ask Jess what she thinks of it. Yeah, um, is this kind of like our first nonfiction movie we're doing? What do you mean non? Oh, like uh, based on a true story kind of thing? Yeah. Well, we did, um... Oh, you weren't on. You weren't on for the dirt. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. Dirt. That's, uh... <laughs> Go back and listen to that one. That's a fun one. Ever, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, I think it's the first one you and I have done. Um, but in 1969, Seattle, Ted Bundy meets Liz, uh, a college student and single mother, uh, and the two of them start dating. Um, that's at the beginning, beginning, but that's intercut with um, what we also see at the beginning is these two characters many, many years in the future, and Ted's already in jail, and uh, she's visiting him. Um, so we definitely know that this is they've they have the longest history as far as where we're starting the movie, um, and we kind of get a shots of them like she has a daughter already. He's kind of raising help raising her as his own, and then in 1974 there start to come out reports of abductions of women, uh, murders of women, and it's all identifiable by this Volkswagen Bug, and uh, Ted is pretty quickly arrested early on under suspicion that, that he's related because the sketches look like him and the the vehicle that is described as his. And um, we basically, through the movie, go through from his first arrest to the multiple trials, escapes, um, accusations, all the while Ted saying he's innocent. Uh, and we kind of see the spiraling out of Liz's character and the introduction of Carol Ann uh, later on as the other romantic figure with uh ted bundy so uh you know that's kind of a quick plot synopsis what do you think of the plot of this movie jess okay so the plot i feel like when i was watching it probably the first 20 or 30 minutes in i felt like i needed to know more background about ted bundy myself to really understand what was going on there wasn't i feel like it didn't go in depth enough to know who he is and what he's capable of so i guess we'll go talk about that more in the residence part but i just feel like it was i was just watching something but feeling nothing because i didn't understand the characters enough um so i'm probably going to give the plot a three the whole plot basically is his court scenes and a minor i guess little romantic with liz but that's really about it it's kind of just how he reacted in court and the publicity he got from that it wasn't too much more of his personal life you weren't really wondering what did he do here? How did he do it? It's more of like, this is what he did when he was with the judge, I feel like. Yeah, this is, I was surprised watching this. I, I should also say, I don't know a ton about Ted Bundy other than what I said earlier, that he was, you know, a charmer. Um, but I don't know, like, the details of his case. And I looked it up after, and a lot of this stuff did happen. There's some inconsistencies, but it's pretty close. But this whole movie really does focus on the trials, his public life and figure like we don't see and what i'm really most surprised is we're in spoilers already we don't see him really kill anyone until the very very end we kind of see him kill one 
person. Yeah. We don't see any of like how he does it, where he does it, and I think that's because I looked it up after it's like it's kind of up to question and interpretation as to how he actually did everything and the mechanisms. Um, it's disputed how many people he killed overall. Like, it, there's a lot of mystery surrounding his actual murdering. All that's known is that he definitely murdered anywhere from 30 to 100 people. So, you know, 100. There's estimates of around 100. I mean, he's been, mur- and they said he's been murdering. The spree was 74 to 78, but there was, you know, estimates as early as the 60s and as late as basically till his final imprisonment. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the estimates are all over. So I guess maybe that's why we didn't get as much of the, you know, mechanisms of how we did everything. Which, it's hard to blame the movie too much for, but because of that, the plot's like a 2-5. Because what we see is competent. Um, I think it gets better as we go. I'm more into the final trial. Uh, I really am kind of struggling with boredom, honestly, for the first hour of the movie. Um, Liz is not overly compelling. She's fine. Um, Carol, yeah, and you think, later. you know, watching Ted Bundy, you'd be anything but bored since he's just the psychotic mastermind. Yeah, he's supposed to be this, like, crazy guy who, like, did all these things, but is also super charming and fun. And I guess that's the thing is, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of breeze through this part before we get to some other parts. We'll talk about the characters right here. Other than Ted Bundy, I don't really care for any of the other main characters. There's a few bit players we do we see later that I kind of like in their bit parts. But for the most part, I mean, I'm giving these characters, you know, Ted Ted's a good four, four, five as far as his performance. And everyone else is like a, uh, like a two-ish. So, I mean, average that out, you get like, what, a three? So I'd probably give these characters a three. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I'd probably give them a three. And I think I agree with you. It's mostly because Zac Efron really brought that up. Um, he did play the character really well. He was the charmer in, in court. Like, he did swoon everyone. Um, but I feel like he only played one part. He only played the charmer, and he didn't play the craziness and the killer. So I feel like I wanted to see the twist. I wanted to see him revolve and, like, get that mind fuck. But, I mean, he he was just the face that you saw in court. So it I was kind of disappointed you didn't see the back and forth or something like that. Yeah, we really don't see him be fucked up until, I would say, the last five or ten minutes of the movie. And, like, yeah. and it's, you know, it's short. Because maybe, and maybe this is the tone it's going for, is you're supposed to be on his side until the end. You're supposed to be, like, in the seat of of Liz and Carol, the two women in his life, I guess. <laughs> the women in his life. Um, <laughs> the uh, That uh, you're supposed to be on their side where, like, He's saying that he didn't do it. There's a bunch of evidence that says he does. There's like a back and forth in the media. And he's, it's weird. I don't know if it's, I think it's Zac Efron's performance here. And that's why I kind of like it. I'm, I can't believe I'm on his side yeah, for a I lot of this. Yeah, I felt the same way too. But I, I think knew- it's because we never saw the other side. So we can only believe what we see. Right. Like, I think that's, and maybe that's the perspective this movie was taking. It was like the perspective of someone completely on the outside, not knowing for sure that he did anything. And only seeing the uh, the front, like the uh, the you know, I didn't do it. I'm innocent, and like really charmingly, like he's calling the whole thing a farce, and and um, he's got good quips. Like uh, you know, he, he I like him the whole way through, and even knowing now all the stuff he did, like, and I guess that's a big credit to Zac Efron's. Like, how could this guy escape and be beloved by so many women? Because that's another part of his his oeuvre is that he had you know 
huge following of women saying they loved him and they wrote him letters and he had a like, cult of personality and I think Efron brings that to the table and that's kind of the only side we see, which is a, a way to do it, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It was effectively done, but I would have rather had some sort of conflict that I think it would have attracted me more to the movie and had some more resonance with that as well. Because um, it just felt like you see someone, you see them charming, and you're telling them something else, and you just don't believe it. And I don't know. I just since you don't believe it, you don't, and that you don't see it, it just really wasn't there. Yeah, and uh, so what happens here throughout, like the middle plot here, and I, again, I'm mostly bored. But what, the only times I'm not bored is when I'm kind of cheering for Efron. But mostly, it's it's kind of numb here in the beginning. He goes on the bench trial. Uh, in Utah, and he gets sentenced, and he escapes, and then he gets caught and transferred to Colorado, and then he escapes, and he goes to Florida, and he gets caught, and this is the one that sticks, the one where he, uh, and this is like the big, the big one when he's in Florida. Liz has left him, uh, who, it took her, took her a while, she was sticking with him for a while, but left, leaves him because it's just too much, and slowly starts to think he actually did do it. Uh, this is where he starts to pick up with an old friend who becomes his later girlfriend and wife, Carol Ann. And, um, yeah, Florida is where the shit goes down. Florida's the big trial. And this is where we get probably your most famous cameos. Uh, you get uh, Jim Parsons. I think people will know him from, uh, uh, what's that shitty show I don't like? <laughs> uh, big Bang Theory. Oh, uh, I hate that show, too. Yeah, there we go. We, we don't always agree on TV, <laughs> but we agree on that one. Uh, yeah, and from all accounts, Jim Parsons, heard he's a really nice guy from the, the few people I've I've heard that from uh, who, who have met him or know him. I uh, knew I nice recognized guy. him from somewhere. I'm like, now it makes sense. He was the Big Bang Theory guy. Yeah, I don't want to disparage him too much because on this, I actually like, he's the lawyer. So he's the lawyer who's convicting Ted. He's the prosecution lawyer. And I think in his five minutes of screen time, he's a good cameo. I like him. Um, I think he plays it well, and his little speeches are good. And the other big cameo I think we get at this point is well, we get uh, we do get um, Haley Joel Osment as the fat like boyfriend who comforts Liz. I don't think he really does much, but um, John Malkovich is the judge at the trial, Judge Edward Coert, who is the real based on the real Judge Edward from the real trial. Um, even uses some of his. Uh, lines that he actually said in the trial uh i i like him and i like jim parsons parts in this end here um but what we haven't talked about and i don't i don't know how much we can talk about is the visual and sound uh jess did you did any of that leave an impression um not really i think it's just basically <laughs> what was in court there could have been like a ton of visual and sound if they showed murder and all the creepy stuff he did <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a really strong part but it was very absent um so there was no landscapes no really artistic shots nothing that really stood out to me um so i would i mean maybe give that a two yeah i i mean there's one song at one point where um it's earlier on where him and liz are are having sex in the bedroom where they're like kind of foreplaying and they play a joe tex song i gotcha <laughs> got away from me. And that one kind of fits the tone, and I like it for the time period, and I just like that song. Um, and a few other songs I recognized, but they were kind of like stock songs that you would use in you know, a movie like this that I've heard in a million other movies. Um, so I guess the music was, I at least remembered a little bits of it. But 
yeah, the, the the actual camera work, the cinematography, the filmmaking, like uh, the visuals, it's just it's pretty bland. It's pretty uh, it's pretty forgettable. Like uh, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of other than like maybe the zoom in shot at the very end when he's when he's talking about he's getting sentenced to the death penalty and he's talking about how innocent he is. Like that's the best we get, and uh, it's disappointing. I'm also going to give it a two. Um, yeah, I was hoping for more from that, especially if they showed, yeah, a single murder other than the kind of murder we see at the end. Um, but that's this whole thing is like, so Ted Bundy, I guess in real life, and this is how Zach Efron plays him, was like a, a law student. And he numerous times upsets his defender, whether it be public or hired, to the point where they quit or they get fired. And he insists on being his own defense. Um, and while he's charismatic and fun and people laugh when he you know tries to go along with them the judge and the jury at the same time are like yeah this is not you're not serious like this isn't uh this isn't working and i i, I got that whole sense do you get that sense in like that final courtroom scene that you know he's, he starts to kind of unravel it feels like yeah i think at that point you'd honestly just be tired like everyone's a well you know your fan base is with you but the the law is against you. You probably exhausted <laughs> like every pinpoint or thing that you could have to, you know, plea what you're trying to convince everyone. I think he was just tired and he knew what was coming. I think he was, I mean, maybe he knew deep down. I feel like he projected denial and like he basically fought tooth and nail to the end saying he was innocent and doing anything he could he could think to do to try to prove it. I say tooth and nail because it's the teeth. It's the bite wounds on one of his victims in Florida. Uh, they took a plaster cast of the bite mark, and because he has a little chip missing from one of his front teeth, uh, they're able to use that as one of the... And I, th- I looked it up in the real trial. That was one of the big incriminating pieces of evidence was the teeth cast. Um, I mean... You know, Ted's got the charisma, but uh, the prosecution has a lot of decent evidence and a lot of uh, experts, witnesses coming in, you know, confirming that what they're saying is correct. Uh, and it leads to a multiple life sentences as well as the death penalty uh, for the murder of two of the women and the attempted murder of three others in Florida. And that's just the Florida women. We're not even talking yeah. about, you know. <laughs> All the fucking other, like, you know, the, the you know, couple dozen to, you know, anywhere up to a hundred women that he has and hasn't been accused or caught for. Eh, we get some dumb stuff like, oh, you're pregnant, like, I'm pregnant um, with oh your baby, Ted, other other woman says. I, I uh, want to know how valid, like, her character was, his wife. Like, did she, is that all true? Did she really believe him? And, you know, they never really dated because it was just her visiting him in court and she's had a crush on him since like way 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 back so they they have in real life that she is a real character in real life um she did speak on his behalf and organize groups to rally behind him and he did have many women in their teens and 20s like pine over him like he was a almost like he was like a like a pop star like he had a groupies basically that followed him around and waited for him outside of the courthouses and you know cheered his name and sent him letters like he really did and she really was a real person who had a kid who is the who is Ted Bundy's biological son uh so i mean i don't know it seems like a lot of her character anyway was 
pretty accurate to real life. That's uh, that's how it all turned out. So the you know uh, we get his sentencing, the zoom in shot that I like. Um, then you get a flash forward to ten years later, and Ted's on death row. He has been trying to convince them to take because he got offered. A, we didn't mention he got offered a plea to, deal earlier to take life and end the trial, but he decided to try to defend himself, and that's why he gets the death penalty because of his <laughs> own arrogance, um, which is a nice little poetic beat that really did happen. So I, I, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah, he he meets with Liz the scene we see from the beginning. She begs him to tell her the truth for too long. I'm gonna go ahead and say this scene goes on for. Oh, it feels very long. So, like, do you think this scene actually happened? I feel like this one was fabricated in this. No. Okay. No, I feel like this was dramatized. I feel okay, like, yeah. I feel like so- she might have visited him, and there might have been something like this that happened, but I don't think it went down anywhere near like, did you did, free me? I, I exactly just let me go. So they kind and of, and then he she holds the picture up, and that would be the thing, like. No, yeah. like I don't think so it they went kind down of like say that. like the only reason why Ted Bundy eventually um, said that he was guilty was only because Liz was begging him to get the weight off of his shoulders because long long time ago Liz is the one that called in Ted Bundy's name when um, there was a picture out for a wanted picture out for him um, right way back when they were still kind of together right yeah but when that, all that makes me think like do you think Liz actually had suspicion that Ted Bundy did that because if I was in her position and I saw this guy that you know looked like Shaggy like every other guy in the 70s Shaggy from <laughs> Scooby-Doo driving like a <laughs> Volkswagen which again yeah. like every guy in the 70s drove I wouldn't even think twice and be like oh you know like kind of looks like my boyfriend that's I mean, that's his car, but a different color. Let me call it in. I feel like she had to have known something or felt, or I don't know. I feel like. I think you're probably right. I think deep down, just like just like Ted knows deep down he's fucked. I think she knows deep down that he probably even, I don't know from the beginning, but early on knew that something was up with him and um, that he was acting weird or something. But um, yeah, I, I would agree with you that. I think she knew from the beginning and it shows through throughout the movie. She has a drinking problem. Um, and she's really in love with him to the end. As much as Haley Joel Osment's Jerry, the, the fat bearded guy tries to be like, uh, like don't let him ruin your life. And he's like, she's like, uh, shut up. You're just, you're just friend zone. <laughs> you're just, you're just friend zone. <laughs> yeah. You're, 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 yeah, just you're the filler. F- yeah. You're just, yeah. You're just here because convenience, like, and this is like the, you know, this is like their big, it's supposed to be their big emotional confrontation. Um, and I guess we go into fuel and resonance now because I don't feel or resonate much of this movie. Unfortunately, I, it's, it works in parts. It's, uh, got a good performance with Zach Efron, I will say, uh, and a couple of the bit players, but, um, I feel like I'm going to forget this pretty quickly. Uh, I don't think this is going to stick with me. Um, so yeah, it's like a it's like a one five honestly for resonance and feel. I don't, I'm not really super invested. Other than cheering for Zac Efron occasionally, it's uh, it's not a whole lot for me. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, so actually, I was gonna give it exactly the same rating, one five. And I feel like it has so much potential to be so much more. I understand maybe the director didn't want to go that alternative, and I that would be an entirely different movie. But I guess right. I I wanted to feel. Like, um, I wanted to feel confused and I wanted to be 
really um, attracted to what I was watching too. Because murder and rape, that's something like you want to look away from, but you can't. Like you still want to see what's going on, but like it's hard to watch. So that has a lot oh, of... Oh yeah, you, you ladies love your murder porn. <laughs> so it has a lot of resonance too. And I wanted to be the fangirl that every other girl was, but I also wanted to see the side of him that was cruel and just, you know, psychologically thrilling. Like I wanted it to be that movie and i think there could potentially be one in the future i think a lot of ted bundy has been talked upon now so maybe soon there will be but i there's a lot of potential for a big resonance but i want to give it a one five again because there really was none at all yeah i'm same i mean i was hoping for i saw the reviews were kind of mixed and i figured you know eh, mixed mixed can be good i mean you know it's literally mixed it could maybe maybe it's not that bad um but it's kind of the it's kind of the it's the it's the boring blandness of it all and it's kind of one-sided it doesn't really show what you were hoping to see and they've had other ted bundy documentaries and tv movies and a million other ted bundy whatevers and i thought this one had more potential because it's got some names in it um it's by someone who is very versed in the subject of you know true murder true true crime all that stuff um, and, uh, it just fell a little flat. Um, at the very end, we get, um, Ted admitting that he sawed the head off the woman. Uh, again, we don't, I doubt this is exactly how it went down, but instead of saying it over the phone, because he he's being tapped, he, he, in the fog of the window with his finger, writes hacks, hacksaw. Like, oh, he got his, got the head with the hat and the hat with the hacksaw. And Liz runs out and she's like, oh, no. Yeah, he why did this it. woman? Why is it she just like, where is her head? I don't know what specifically drew her. Because again, there were like in the 30s or more. I don't know why. I don't know, maybe she it's, just, was just it's just the picture they had. Point. I don't know. Like, maybe it was one of the more gruesome ones. I know he cut the heads off multiple victims. He had some in, uh, free, like, uh, he kept some as trophies. I knew that in real life. But see, that's the kind of stuff I want. I wanted to see. I yeah, wanted to see, I that wanted weird, to see that. That weird murderer shit. Like, they only showed his charming public side. They didn't show any of his weird murder side. So, um,. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it's even like I still don't believe that he did it from this movie only because it just showed Zach Efron in court. There was nothing else. Like I wanted to see like Liz calling to the police, like thinking maybe this is him because I saw this in his trunk or because he said this to me or because he doesn't have a good alibi. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's a choice the director made that just wasn't the one, at least not the one we were looking for, either of us were looking for. He wanted, I think he wanted to show, like, yeah, you didn't, like, he put you in the shoes of a spectator back then, because you don't think this really charming guy could have done these horrible things, and yet he did. Um, and he does confess um, in the movie to a bunch of the murders. Uh, in real life, he did, before he died, confess to 30 of the murders. Uh, before he was, you know, eventually uh, executed uh, by electric chair, 1989 in January at age 42. And we see some clips of, uh, like, some archival footage of, you know, the real Ted, the real Liz, the real Carol, the real Judge Edward. Um, we get, you know, a bunch of different clips at the end here and some uh, some of those blurbs like, oh, like, Liz is now married and doesn't drink anymore and, uh uh, the judge uh, retired and passed away, and like we, we get a bunch of that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, that's pretty much the end. Uh, not not a whole much more for for an hour and fifty minute movie. There's not a lot to talk about, unfortunately. Um, 
But Jess, would you recommend Extremely Wicked, Shockingly, uh, whatever, Shockingly Evil and Vile? <laughs> um, I actually don't think so. Um, I, I still feel like you have to know a lot about Ted Bundy to watch this movie. You can't go into it not knowing much about him because I feel like it would kind of, un- you'd understand it more and it would answer more of your questions and give it more of a background. So maybe if you watched all the documentaries and the movies and you just wanted one more source, you can. But no, I I think it would bore people and it wasn't capturing enough. So I probably wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I, um, I'm not going to recommend this either. It's, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's an audience for it. If you like those true crime shows, I think this will be, you know, you'll be okay with this. But like, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's underwhelming. It's not great. Um, yeah. And... I feel like it's, I have so many unanswered questions, but I think everybody does. <laughs> probably the I same think, yeah, an- that, unanswered questions everybody has. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably, re- you know, there's plenty of unanswered real-life questions, too, with the whole thing. But, yeah, it's just not what I wanted in a Ted Bundy movie um, on the little bit I knew. Like, if this were half of it and then the other half was something else, but that you condensed that all down into an hour 50, it's, again, an hour 50 for this just, you know, also felt a little long. There was some stuff. Eh, I don't know. It just uh, didn't, didn't hit home, unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, yeah if, can't, can't. if Zac Efron wasn't in this, I feel like it would just be <laughs> nothing. Oh, I would have been dying if this, <laughs> I, if, if I would if this was a if this was just like a nobody lead and he was like blah. Ooh, I would have I would have really I would have torn this up. I would have really struggled through this. I'm not even a um, Zac Efron fan. I think the last movie I saw no, from him neither. was High School Musical. So I'm not even like seeing it because I love Zac Efron. But I kind of think Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Like, ooh, I'll watch that. But now I'm like, uh, was, eh, now I don't want to. <laughs> I was forced to watch Baywatch, and uh, he's in that. Um, <laughs> don't watch that. Uh, but uh, so that's our that's our extremely wicked, and shockingly blah blah blah, shockingly boring. Yeah, okay. Review. Can we talk about the title um, of the movie? <laughs> I, wait, I think the title of the movie itself. Like I, I just. <laughs> Why Why name it this? Well, that's what the judge says at one point. He says, you're extremely wicked, shockingly evil, vile, and something else individual. Like, oh, okay. So they, that's why they named him. That's why they named it that. Um, but, yeah, not good. Um, but we got, uh, you know, what is good is that we have more reviews that are not this coming up. Um, <laughs> we've got a couple more streaming, and then we've got, you know, the big end of May and the rest of June, where it's theater, theater, theater reviews all the way through. Um, but if there's anything you want us to review in the meantime, or coming down the pike in the next couple months, Films of the Woman on My Life on Facebook, Films Woman Pod on Twitter, and I am Brennan underscore pod host on Instagram. Uh, Jess, anything else to add before we shut down? Um, nope. I just hope that there will be the Ted Buddy movie that we want in the future. <laughs> Maybe one day. Uh, thanks, Jess, for being on. Thanks for having me. And until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.